Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. The world needs a symbol, so it's time to pass the shield and find a new star-spangled man with a plan. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Normies Like Us. What is it like being Captain America? It's the greatest honor of my life. Why'd you give up that shield? Symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. That shield, he gave you that shield and you threw it away like it was nothing. So maybe he was wrong about you, and if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. You heard it up top. We're about to get patriotic up in this piece. Talking. Oh, boy. The man, the myth, the legend. Talking the replacement of Captain America, because we're about to talk Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Normies Like Us with your host, um, Baron Colin. I'll be uh, the pod smasher. Uh, Joseph Bucky Barnes. Go full name there. Uh, this is the Winter Jacob. The Winter Jacob. Nice, you got your, your jacket on. You know, you know. Uh, sure. all weather. I'll- right, right, right. Um, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier, two titular characters, and we're going to be talking the first two episodes of this uh, six-part series, right? So we'll probably end up doing a look back at all of it when it's said and done, but we've checked out the first two, and, and that's kind of what we're going to be starting with um, on this episode. So thanks for joining us, Normies. Thanks for picking up the shield on this episode, that is. Ooh, I like that. Second uh, Disney Plus show. We don't have to compare it to WandaVision, but just, you know, we're going to talk about what we think, what we're liking about it. How are you guys loving this post-blip, post-endgame Marvel content, though, being our second thing? Are, are you liking it, Joe? It's, it's definitely interesting, right? Because when uh, Far From Home came out, they were like, this is basically the epilogue to the uh, you know the Thanos saga, the Infinity Saga. This is going to be dealing with that aftermath. And what we found is everything afterwards is dealing with that aftermath, right? Right. Like every different aspect of society has been hit so hard. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier in just these two episodes has given more of a lay of the land post-blip because, you know, WandaVision, we're stuck in just Westview, New Jersey. This is kind of opening it up to see how the global community handled half the people going and half of them coming back. So I think that's really fascinating. I like that we're not just ignoring it and moving on because that wouldn't make a lot of sense. No, that is the big fear or that it wouldn't get strange and weird, but it's, it's cool. Jacob, as a guy who did get snapped, you're back with us after 10 years. Uh, Finally. What are you thinking of it? Well, I really appreciate being like five years younger than the rest of you now. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, yeah. He's out here still like dabbing and saying right. <laughs> yeah. what are yeah. those? 2015, baby. <laughs> um, Damn <Daniel>. style. <laughs> he just learned to floss. Yeah. I think there's a, it's there's a lot of interesting implications. They could do a whole show about like just some normal people and like some of them got blipped and some of them different and then just like the different, you know, what what they go through when they come back and stuff. But it is interesting to see you know, it basically picks up right after the blip happens, right? All these different Marvel things. Like, uh, we see, uh, what's her name from WandaVision literally come back in the hospital. Right. So, um, it's interesting just to see how, you know, the Marvel universe is going to continue from, from here on. Yeah. And, uh, from my perspective after the blip, um, it is interesting seeing kind of the global perspective of Joe touched on. You're seeing these different factions, you know, like, you know, the flag smashers, you know, one world, one people kind of idea where it's like, oh, were things better? 
kind of the Thanos was right crew of, of this universe being like, yeah, maybe we should <laughs> sure. go back to that. Right. So it is interesting. I do have a question, Colin, and I also want to get your take on this post-flip universe. Was this supposed to be after Black Widow? Is that the normal release yes. cycle? Yes. Totally. I believe it was post-Black Widow. Jacob, to correct you real quick, they do have that show. It's called The Leftovers. That is canon to the Marvel Universe, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. Like I said, wacky and weird, it's cool. Monica coming back, like you said, Jacob and Wanda, was its own frightful, weird body horror. I don't necessarily need to see that going forward and get everybody's point of view of, I remember the second I was brought back to this universe, but it is that nice card to have in your in your hand to say something you can play at any time of, we all have this weird PTSD of a cosmic event that affected us. Yeah, and we saw it first in Spider-Man, and they kind of use that mostly for comedic effect, right? It's so like it's and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just just to see the serious implications of everything is, is, is interesting. Yeah. And I, I think the worst thing about it is that it's called The Blip. I really yeah. don't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone just not, agreed I'm to call it. Really that is that. the Disney of it all, where it's like, we all called it The Snap or The Snapping right after it happened. And they're like, no, 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 it's called The Blip. And we're all like, well, he's called Baby Yoda. And they're like, no, 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 he's called The Child. <laughs> like, no, 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 yeah, no right. shut Well, it's interesting to think about The Blip, even, because they were, like, a little bit ahead of their time of, like, social commentary of, like, you know, a big world-changing event which Uh-oh. actually happened, right? Called the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they the, kind of predicted that a little bit and like, it's different, but it's kind of similar in, what, in that kind of everyone in the world was affected at, in some way, you know? True. So um, it's interesting to see how that kind of ties into real life events. Yeah. And like, how do you go back to normal after something so world changing? I mean, I definitely think, yeah, in a weird way, there's themes in this that I think were unintended at the time of its inception that are echoing quite loudly, you know, nowadays. And totally, totally. Just generally, my thoughts on the first two before we dive in, you know, I am enjoying it. I'm looking forward to where it's going without, you know, getting into it. And uh, I didn't think I would like it as much as maybe I do. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes once we dive into it. But how about you guys, Joe, just generally, how you feeling? Uh, I mean, my initial reactions are really positive. I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll save the rest for when we get into it. But I will say, like, it, it had the biggest uh, day one premiere on Disney+. Plus. So oh, people wow. were immediately more into this, uh, probably just riding off the success of WandaVision. Mm. But I don't know if... This show is going to capture the the audience and the whole world as much as WandaVision did. Because I think it is a much more straightforward Marvel action-adventure show. And it doesn't have that kind of weirdness that draws people who maybe don't really care for the MCU or about superheroes at all in. So I'm loving right, it, but right. I could see it not really standing the test of time. Hmm. Well, yeah, because I think WandaVision kind of caught on through like word of mouth and people are like oh it's like super weird and stuff so more people tuned in than normally would to like a marvel uh property so it didn't have the biggest uh you know episode one numbers but it caught on over time whereas this you know people you know they're riding high off of wandavision now but yeah it is a more standard uh marvel affair um i'm liking it so far i think the the action like the first action scene in the first episode 
was really good. Like they have really high production value for a TV show. Um, I'm interested to see with the with the so-called villains, you know, the flag smashers. Um, I think there's going to be more to them. Obviously, that like. You know, they're kind of their reasoning is like, oh, they liked life during the blip, but they want, you know, a unified world with no borders. Like that sounds pretty good to me. So I'm supposed to think they're the villains. But uh, I mean, we, they're we basically like Star Trek, for God's sake. We're into <laughs> right. Like, uh, right. Know, right. Well, they're, I mean, they're essentially Antifa. Right. So they're right. They're the Antifa super soldiers that you heard about. Um, so it should be interesting uh, to see <laughs> because they've yeah, got, the you capital know, disguise, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. John, well, cause they've got, so they've got this new guy, smasher. right? John Walker. Um, I think they're going to do something with him where he's like a super, um, you know, far right nationalist or something. And then Antifa is going to be, you know, maybe they're not all bad, you know, something like that. But it is, you know, Marvel. So we'll see what they, what they pull out, but they do touch on some, like we were saying, real world stuff here. And we will get into it as we dive in, but there's social issues. They are touching on things that maybe Marvel would have kept their fingers or Disney might've stayed away from. Maybe they'll have a light touch with it, but they are introducing ideas and, and certain, you know, right, social topics right. here, which is, I think a good thing to do with a captain America show is, you know, what is the nature of patriotism and the, the American spirit and what, what is embodying that and all everything like that. So totally. um, good. Timing. I just think, uh, yeah. you know, if you call a group, the flag smashers and then they're, you know, all about unified world and everything, of course, I'm going to be on their side. So be interesting <laughs> to see how they, make them villains in a way you know yeah yeah we also Fair gotta enough. see him smash a flag or two at some Ooh, right? please. I the yeah, burners is easier than smashing but yeah <laughs> we can smash a flag or two you freeze them first um colin how about you though you know what are your general thoughts on this before we you dive know, right in mike i do not like it i do not wow. like it even a little bit so i'm happy <laughs> to set up a little frosty two-hander you know you know, yeah. one sweet one sour we'll 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 go into this one with some differing opinions on this bad boy Wow, that's always good to have a, a different point of view. So, as uh, the to tell you, the main characters also don't always get along. I guess we're not that's going right. to on this one completely either, and that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, how about we suit up and uh, jump right into Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, normies like us. Are you ready? Hey. Is you ready? Ready? You say you ready? Oh. Whole squad ready? Ready? Is you ready? Oh. Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? We're back. Normies like us, we're talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Um, little history first, boys. Should we kind of talk about the two lead characters a little bit? Yeah, that's a great idea. Not new to the MCU. Both of them have kind of popped up. Bucky obviously first appeared in First Avenger. Falcon popped up in the sequel, The Winter Soldier. Both Captain America films are kind of spinoffs from that. That's the relationship in the comics. Joe, Falcon, a character you and I kind of like quite a bit, especially when he eventually becomes Captain America, was not necessarily a sidekick of Cap, but someone Cap would bump into a lot. In 1969, he's introduced. He's in an issue where Cap is in the streets of New York. They get in a fight by mistake. Falcon is guarding an area he thinks he's... He's the hero of Harlem, basically, way before Luke Cage was. You know, he's he's trying to protect the neighborhood. Him and Cap realize they're on the same side. Hey, I'm going to start working with you, Cap. And from there, he never really kind of gets his own spinoff comics, necessarily. He's always kind of a background character, really kind of a teammate. Um, and most of his issues in the comics back in that day are basically, Hey, I like being a hero. 
uh, a black citizen notices him and says, hey, it's weird that you work for that honky Captain America. And he freaks out and has that internal struggle going, it is weird that I work for this honky Captain America. I should be my own man. Uh, and he's a mutant. Uh, he is a mutant character who cannot yeah, fly. In the lead there. He wears a wingsuit, Joe, and his ability is that he has empathy with avian creatures. He can feel what, what? birds are feeling. So, Aquaman Mike, like our air. beloved Beastmaster, he can just oh, shoot out those rays that. up into a hawk. <laughs> that's, that's not that's in the right. movies. No, none that of that stuff. He's just no. a normal person, they, I think. Uh, I think they do a great job throwing the nod to it. Um, Falcon has his own sidekick, Red Wing, his faithful bird, who is like his eyes in the sky at all times. So just they have like now Beast turned Master. that into his. Uh, yeah, ju- so, just uh, like I Beast wish Master. it was a. I wish it was a real bird, not like a little robot. I kind of wish it was thing. a real bird too. <laughs> and now it's a little robot. It, it, yeah, sure, it works. It, it works. Real bird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for it to be real bird because he's not a mutant. But they give it little squeaks and squawks now, which I appreciate. Like it makes little bird noises. <laughs> it's R two D two. R two B two. Yeah. RQB2. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they call him Falcon. He could just be really into birds, like as a personality yeah, trait, I and guess. then he could have a pet bird. Yeah, everybody's got a gimmick. But I think we've um, gone a yeah. long way from the first introduction in Winter Soldier, where it's just a guy in an army green T-shirt wearing a gray sort of flight suit, to literally now, Joe, wouldn't you say? A Falcon accurate costume where the only thing that's wrong with him is he does not have Red Wing on his arm with a gigantic bird. Yeah, I would say the costume, especially now in the show, is uh, right where it needs to be. And that evolution, I think, has been one of the smoothest in the MCUs. I mean, if you go from, like you said, the first appearance, which is a lot like the Ultimate Universe, where he was just a dude that Captain America you know, knew at the time, uh, who was just wearing his regular military clothes, happened to have a wingsuit. Um, by the time you get to Civil War, you see a little update. By the time you get to Infinity uh, War and Endgame, there's a little update. And now, we hear, now we're here with the full-fledged suit. He's even got the gold in there. Totally. It looks great. It looks great. Yeah, Do you guys like his costume? Do you like Falcon? I mean, for me, like I, you know, again, not one of the characters I would gravitate towards. And, and we'll get to Bucky. Like, both of these characters aren't two that I would ever list as my favorite, right? But what they're doing with these shows is making them characters that I actually do like a lot. And we'll get into that more. But I like the look. I think the suit. And obviously, I would prefer a real bird that he's telepathic with. But I'll take the drone bird. You know, I think it does match a a contemporary take on the character. And yeah, I'm I'm here for it. it. It works for me. Jacob, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, I mean, I like, uh, Winter Soldier's look better when he was like the, you know, long hair assassin with the long hair. Yeah, exactly. He looked pretty cool, but now he's like just a normal guy. Still got like a metal arm, but yeah. Yeah. And I want to shout out. Oh, sorry, Joe, but I I just want to shout out. We've done an entire Captain America episode that kind of taught me a lot of things that are making me interested in. Um, the show but so go back and listen to that because a lot of the backstory of some of this stuff is covered there but uh not to cut you off joe i wanted to quickly plug that oh no i was just gonna take it to the flip side of the show so we went through falcon's history uh winter soldier on the other hand you know falcon was all the way back in 1969 winter soldier did not appear in the comics until 2005 like bucky was around as a kid when captain america was back in war times it wasn't until like Ed Brubacher and in 2005, I think, when they brought the, the Winter man. Soldier in as mm. a villain. 
who would eventually grow into an anti-hero like we see now. Mm. Yeah. The lesson was, Joe, Bucky is dead. Uh, uh, Uncle Ben is dead. You know, that was the rule of Marvel. We're not bringing the these characters back. The two people who would back. not come back uh, in comics. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where we talked about it in the Captain America episode. They didn't invent Captain America. Stan Lee and Joe Kirby bought Captain America from a different imprint. Um, they eventually folded into theirs. He's a legacy character, essentially. Jack Kirby did invent Bucky. So there's always been this like comic book nerdum of fans of young people like Ed Brubaker, like Joe said. People are like, I got to have Bucky in my story. He's so dumb and he's so worthless, but I, I, I can be the guy who figures him out. Yeah, he's just a loser with a domino mask who fires a Tommy gun wildly in the air, but I'm the one who can do it. But the rule still was, you cannot bring him forward. So all the comics were old Defenders stuff, where it's like, Oh, gee whiz, Captain America, I gotta go get an egg cream because the Nazis are about to come. And it's like, oh, cool, swashbuckling adventure, really dumb. Ed Brubaker goes, what if the ultimate Captain America villain could be Bucky Barnes and brings him back as the Winter Soldier, introduces him as this anti-hero killer, excuse me, killer character. Um, not one of my favorite MCU characters. Jacob, you were just saying, do, do you like Bucky? Do you like Sebastian Stan's yes. performance as Bucky? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, Bucky, he kind of like, well, he's kind of like the uh, Jimmy Olsen to Captain America's Superman, right? He's a sidekick at first, but um, I think it's Robin. interesting. I like it when the... Yeah, more you know, Batman and Robin than... Jimmy right. Wilson. Well, yeah, he's, he's almost like uh, he's like Jason Todd coming back as as uh, the other character you know, that's never allowed mask. to come back. So, Dead on. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, I like a, I like a story like that where it's revealed that he's, you know, working for the I mean, he's, he's mind controlled. But I think it's an interesting thing to do with a character when, when you don't really have anything else to do with him. So, yeah. In both of those stories, the return of Jason Todd and the birth of the Winter Soldier happened within like four or five years of each other. I mean, mm-hmm. it was kind of like whatever one hand does the other mimics. So like, yeah, of course, Jason Todd is the easiest comparison here because they are, it's the, the innocence that falls and then comes back twisted and dark. Hey, I'm Mm. crazy now. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I I think in the MCU, I think, uh, you know, Bucky has an interesting story from, you know, all through the Captain America movies and and now into this, I think it's one of the more interesting arcs that a MCU character has. Yeah, and I'm really liking the arc they're setting up, which, again, we'll get into that stuff after we kind of talk to characters. But I do like what they're doing with Bucky now more than almost anything I've seen in the mainline MCU. Kind of seeing where he's at, um, I do enjoy that. So talking about the innocence that's getting twisted and comes back dark. What about if, say patriotism and duty to country gets twisted and goes dark. Ooh. I'm really excited about this character because I'm a huge uh, Wyatt uh, Russell fan. Uh, he was currently hey. an overlord. The new Captain America, I mean, you guys taught me before on the Captain America episode, eventually U.S. agent. Great uh, names, right? What do you guys, you know, think about this so far? John kind of Walker, what's the history Joe. Of this character? Yeah, yes. Joe, what's up? It's, it's going to be interesting. I think... Uh, U.S. Agent, I think, is one of the toughest characters to do and do well because in the show he's going to have to be like he'll have to be a villain at some point. Which is what Jacob was posing have to, like, at the beginning, right? Like that's his story, he, right? He kind of turns. Is, but you also have yeah. to like bring him back at some point. So I don't know how you're going to balance that. I don't know how you're going to put him so far off the reservation and then pull him back. It's going to be it, really interesting to see what they well, do. Well, when 
when we were kids in the 90s and Joe and I were reading comic books, he was Captain America. Like, Joe is 100% right. He, he's introduced in the 70s. It's the West Coast Avengers thing. We talked about them a lot in our WandaVision episode. Go back and listen to that one. It's kind of curious that they're adapting a lot of that stuff. But he was a guy who they're like, well, I don't know, put him on the B team. Like, that's a psychopath we could unleash every once in a while. Like, he's kind of like yeah, a right. missile that they directed things. He's also kind of like a Hank Pym, where it's yeah. like... He's a he's a core Avenger. He's a good guy when it's convenient, and he is a bad guy when it's convenient. Balancing that on a TV show is going to be a lot more difficult. I think I, w- I was shocked to see Battlestar show up. Like that was kind of yeah, my sure. big like, oh, they're really going the whole way. So Battlestar is a part of the Bold Urban Commandos, the Buckies, and oh, those wow. were the backup <laughs> for U.S. Agent when he went rogue. Mm. Uh, I don't like it. I was actually, yeah, I actually read a little about this. So originally he was like, he was called Bucky as like, um, you know, John Walker's Bucky Barnes, basically. But then, yeah, there's like negative racial connotations to Buck, right? Yeah. So they, someone pointed that out to them and they're like, okay, we'll call him Battlestar. So that's interesting. It works for the Um, whole series, Jacob. I mean, it's definitely got that hand in race, this this entire mm -hmm. show. Yeah. So, yeah, with John Walker in the MCU, I think it's interesting how they're doing him, too, because um, so obviously he's working for the government, which, uh, you know, Steve Rogers never was like officially affiliated with the U.S. government. Now it's like he's actually the mouthpiece for the U.S. government. So I think that's an interesting angle. And they're kind of pitting Falcon and the Winter Soldier against the U.S. in certain ways. And so I feel like they're doing something where they're going to end up siding more with the Flag Smashers. Uh, or it's going to be kind of they're caught in the middle between these. But I think the U.S. is not going to be seen as a totally good thing, which which I don't think they should be, obviously. But um, the other interesting thing is like a big criticism or one big criticism you can say about the MCU, obviously, is that they are funded sometimes by the U.S., uh, you know, DOD and that kind of thing. So they kind of have to make um, the U.S. look good in certain ways, so it's interesting that they're kind of being a little critical of the government in this show. So I want to see how far that goes, but I do find that whole angle very interesting. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? It'll be interesting to see what they do with the Flag Smashers too, because that is also from the comic books. Uh, Flag Smasher was a villain who's passed the mantle a couple different times, uh, just like one villain, uh, and now they've done like the classic MCU thing where you like take a villain and you turn him into an organization or, you know, I am the real Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Like, <laughs> right, they sure. always do something like this where they twist one thing and make it into something else. Personally, I think Flag Smasher in the comics is not all that great. Um, basically, like... He just Red really Skull, hates flags. <laughs> yeah, That's Red right. Skull is... <laughs> Red Skull is to, like, Nazis as, like, Flag Smasher is to, like, anti-nationalism, mm. basically. Uh, but he's in the comics, like the opposite of what they're building in the show. In the show, it's a young woman who's like obviously comes from a poor background uh, and is like about helping the people and everything like that. The original Flag Smasher is like the rich son just of bored. a Swiss banker who's just <laughs> that's like, hilarious. Yeah, so I mean, really Flag like Smasher. That yeah, that's interesting because like Flag Smasher as a person would be like a very silly idea <laughs> or name, but as a group it sounds a little better the flag smashers because that's kind of like you know they're like I mean, anarchists I think it was yeah. like 1985 when this character was introduced and captain right. america 
his comics weren't flying off the shelves. Like there were no. lifelong fans who loved Captain America as a character, but it was one of those characters that was struggling as you had other more exciting, the X-Men were here now. Captain America wasn't moving books like he used to. Right. But I mean, the thing I always loved about Steve Rogers, Captain America as a character is that he's just, he's not just, uh, you know, blatantly pro America all the time. Like right. his name's Captain America, but he stands, he stands for the idea. American ideals, but he's not just a mouthpiece for the government. Steve Rogers yeah. is the American dream. U.S. agent is America's actuality, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I like what you said, Jacob, about the, the criticism of the government stuff to go so hard with the, yeah, this is the advertisement that would get kids going army posters with Captain right. America, high-fiving people and stuff. Um, I mean, this is a film franchise that made the biggest deal with the U.S. Air Force when they made Captain Marvel since Top Gun. I mean, you know there's going to be young ladies who are like, that's the reason I joined the military. I I don't love the propaganda. I, I inherently... I don't love Captain America. He's corny. Joe, when we were playing Super Nintendo games as a kid and I would play Captain America and the Avengers and you had your four picks of Hawkeye, Iron Man, White Vision, and Captain America, I'd be like, okay, this corny motherfucker to the side. Let's see. Who else do I have? Okay, (laughs) Arrow Guy, you're out. Okay, so Robot Man, (laughs) my brother's playing as. And this guy, I think he's a ghost. Yeah, I'll be the ghost guy. (laughs) I mean... I, uh, here's my thesis for the episode and my thesis of, sure. of Captain America in general. Captain America, comics, movies, the character himself is best when it is a criticism of America. I feel like the show is heading in that direction, which yes. honors the legacy of modern Captain America books in a really right. exciting way for me. Totally. And they've done this, they've already kind of done this with Civil War, where, you know, he's to- came out totally against the government you know, documentation of mm-hmm. superheroes Overwatch. or whatever. Yeah. So where really Iron Man was pushing the pro pro government side of things where he's like, you know, Captain America, um, he's just very against that sort of thing. So they've definitely leaned into that and, and Falcon, uh, you know, follows in, in uh, his footsteps. So I think it's going to be, there's going to be some criticism of the government here, which I just think is very interesting. And we even see with, Falcon, obviously, they talk about, you know, how how was he paid during all this stuff with, you know, working for the Avengers and Donations. stuff. Donations. What the right. fuck? And you, and you think like, oh, wait, you know, Tony Stark is supposed to be like a rich, like, billionaire. Why couldn't he just pay, um, you know, the other Avengers? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I think the theme of this is. Obviously, it has to do with responsibility and legacy and, you know, what is truth justice in the american way right is that is that is stepping over a line but it's um you know what i mean it's in my head but um you know you have u.s agent who basically <laughs> is the version of captain america they always wanted that they can kind of keep you know under their thumb and he'll do everything they want versus the ideals that you know cap wanted to have falcon uphold that he put the shield down and that's kind of What's interesting to me is these two things are going to come to a head. The idea of the most nationalist Captain America versus the least nationalist group. Uh, we have the power broker thrown in there. Um, things are going to get weird. And uh, I'm, I'm here for the next uh, six episodes. Four. Yeah, I like the direction that they're going in. I think it's interesting that they're giving us like nuanced villains with this Flag Smashers, which I think they're not going to totally turn out to be villains. Obviously, they're obviously painting them in a very 
positive light so far with that sequence at the end where, you know, everyone loves them and stuff. The common people love them. Um, and, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier have a immediate disdain for the new Captain America when he tries to recruit them to help him. So I think that's going to be interesting dynamics. Funny. I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. So um, I am enjoying it so far because of that, man. I mean, it's not Steve, you know. That's it, it's like shitting on the grave of their best friend. I mean, Shocking. Colin, what do you what do you make? You have you know Bucky and Falcon looking at this asshole stepping in, you know, right where he shouldn't be. Yeah, that's great tension. I love all that. I said I didn't like it earlier. I'll bring up my two points real quick. You guys said great action sequences. I agree to a point. I would say, unfortunately, now we are at the repetitive status of what a Marvel action sequence looks like. So even though we are getting big ones per episode, usually one outdoors with a flat white sky, so you get good color balance on the people that are participating in it. Very staged, very choreographed, very nice and easy. Okay, let's get out. Mike, you said earlier. If Black Widow had come out before this, I mean, they keep they keep using this buzzword. I think this is a standard every action people are going for now. John Wick, yes, if you're doing the gun stuff, but Mission Impossible, I think, is the Dragon Marvel mm. chases where they go, we're mm. we're so close. This is our Mission Impossible of the MCU. They say that about Black Widow. Oh, when you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this is our Mission Impossible of the MCU. We're gonna have so much blah blah. No. You're never going to have the practical action. You're never going to have a psychopath who's going to kill himself <laughs> trying to do this stuff. And to right. me, it's just, it's well, never going to look as good. The the aerial stuff with Captain, Fal- Captain Falcon. With yeah. Captain Falcon. Uh, Captain Falcon, Falcon, our favorite mm-hmm. Smash character. <laughs> In the first episode, right? When he, you know, is flying around and stuff. I thought that stuff looked really good. But then you're right when they just get the traditional, when they're standing on the train, you know, trading punches Let's or whatever. It didn't look as other. good. No. Yeah. Falcon has a cool uh, fighting style in that he's like, I need to get out of here as fast as I can and then dive bomb people and use momentum to attack. That's awesome. You can tell right. that the shield is going to be awesome when he gets that eventually to use that. But then when it's like him landing and punching at people, I'm like, Falcon, get the fuck out of there. You don't have any superpowers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's Bucky. not a super soldier. No. He's literally just a guy in a wingsuit, right? Yeah. So literally anyone could be could do what he did if, if they train with that wingsuit. Um, whereas, you know, Winter Soldier Care obviously rescue. is a super soldier. So. I, is he, Jacob? Joe, remind me again. I thought so, yeah. So we learn in Civil War that his blood has been tampered, that it was what was used for the other soldiers. I cannot figure this out. In the comics, it's the Infinity uh, Serum, or I think that's what it's called. Formula, it's, it's, it's I believe. It's a... Yeah, in Infinity for Infinity Formula. It's a bastardized version of the Super Soldier Serum because they couldn't quite get it right. That is what it is in the MCU. is a is a bastardized version of Steve's serum. It's um, enough that he can jump out of a helicopter and land on the ground and not bullshit. really get injured. Bull yeah. fucking that's the shit. best superhero landing in the MCU so far. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the uh, it's the Black Widow yeah, landing. She doesn't get up. Yeah. I feel like that's becoming a trope now of just people like that was in Aquaman too. Like Jason Momoa jumps out of a, a plane at one point. It's been yeah. since Iron Man two. They have done the right. jump out of the airplane <laughs> action sequence in the Marvel universe. Every one of the characters has done it now. Hulk does but it. They're in doing Ragnarok. it in DC too now. Probably did it first. In Aquaman did it. 
<laughs> I like uh, I like it that it's a nod to Steve because Steve always jumps out of the helicopter or the without plane a without a parachute and does it great, lands like so gracefully, and then you get his buddy who's like, "Yeah, I could do it." It's like, no, you can't, man. You're like, I'm it's just another up. example of how no one can live up to the ghost of Steve. Which, by the way, where is Steve? Because on the moon, he's not, Joe. He's not an old man. man. He's an old man. <laughs> he's doing moon stuff. <laughs> Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the action. I want to take it out of the action. Totally. Uh, I think the cinematography in this show is gorgeous. Like, I really think some of the writing can be hit or miss, but I love the aesthetic of the, sh- the show. Like, when Bucky is in his therapist's office in uh, the first episode, that sequence is gorgeous. Like, it's just really well framed and really well executed. Mm-hmm. To me. I mean, I, I like the tone of this a lot. And again, just seeing you know Bucky's apartment where like he doesn't have shit like he doesn't even have a chair he just he doesn't yeah, have he's furniture just sitting on the floor. and it's like you know we saw Cap go through this journey of man out of time and like how you, you can't live without a war you know you, you need to be always fighting kind of thing he kept being told now we see Bucky after being the Winter Soldier coming back to himself his best friend's old now and he's just he's now the fish out of water who can't adjust to a regular life and is dealing with the consequences of his past. And I like that. And the line that sums it up is when they're sitting uh, cross-legged together and he's like, you know, Cap gave you that shield because he believed in you. Maybe he was wrong. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And like that, that's the heartbeat of this whole show. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really stoked uh, for where that character arc is going with Bucky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, seeing him making amends for all the past yeah. wrongs that he did is it's just a very interesting, um, you know, that story hook. So I like that a lot. I think seeing the real world implications of them, you know, they fought a big war with Infinity War against Thanos. Now coming back, being normal people, uh, you know, Falcon going, trying to get a bank loan and being denied. Like <laughs> just seeing that real world element of like now they have to come back and do try to be be you know just live life and be people and like how hard that is and seeing uh you know bucky's relationship with the elderly china uh japanese man um, that is yeah that's well that's that's the that's the grandfather of the guy that he killed i thought yeah yeah, it's it's just the guy he was watching he literally just met this guy because he's trying to make amends for killing his his son or his grandson um and basically just spending time with him and then you see and it cuts to him like you know in that hotel and you see what he did it's just like really heartbreaking so i think that's a very interesting um i love the way to go with bucky yeah well then to you know to flip it to the other the other character here you have falcon a superhero that the world admires that everyone wants to stop and take pictures with but if he's just out in the street and the cops don't recognize that he is Falcon, he is getting mm-hmm. stopped and frisked. Uh, That's right. His family is like pretty let down by him. And now he's kind of like let down Steve by like walking away. I think right. the journey of being like a guy who everyone sees as a hero, who everyone sees as like this larger than life character who has continuously like turned his back on big responsibilities. And how is he going to come to terms with that? Anthony pretty exciting. Anthony Mackie has this like like Jean Claude Van Damme career where he does so many of these straight to Netflix action movies or thrillers or whatever. Where I just think he's he's terrible. He can come through in the clutch. I, there is something about the character of Falcon that he just connects to so well, and 
I something that he just really loves about playing the character, you can tell, and especially now the southern roots that they've you know roped into the character too. I love it. Uh, the race relation stuff on this, like you were saying, Joe, the stop and frisk. The fact that we've got Isaiah Bradley, yes. a really cool character, an old so Captain America who like, like the Tuskegee. That's yeah, that's it, another thing that I think was interesting insane. because it kind of is critical again of the U.S. government covering this up, and Steve Rogers didn't know about it apparently. So yeah, that's a really interesting jail. thing as well. This yeah. was one of the things that I was hoping the show would touch on. I thought it would go that Zemo exposes America's dark history and that Isaiah Bradley had existed. Turns out Winter Soldier knew about him all along, but this was a man that they experimented on and turned into a Captain America, but he never got the respect his or anything like arm that. off, Joe. He's a badass yeah, in this show, the too. Winter Soldier back in the day in Korea. But yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I've heard of this character of um, Isaiah Bradley and like the scene where he throws a little tin into the wall and like, yeah, touching on real issues. Like the U.S. You know. government did experiment on African-Americans during, you know, Vietnam and stuff. And it's, it's tragic and it's terrible. So to bring, you know, something that commentates on that into the Marvel T- TV world, because it, now it's in the comics, I think that's really awesome. And then his, his grandson is also like a character in the universe, right? Eli Bradley, again, I, I said West Coast Avengers, Joe. Young Avengers, I mean, will he have some strength? I mean, Speed and Wiccan, like, those are Young Avengers. Like, all of these shows have ties to both Young Avengers and... Hawkeye uh, Girl. Yeah, exactly. So both both of the, yeah, I think the they things are, they could uh, be setting up are Young Avengers and West Coast Avengers. And honestly, if this is the quality we're going to get across the board, I'm here for both Who does Eli become before together. we move on? I definitely think they're leaning into... Uh, the, the Patriot, Patriot. Tom name, Brady, right? got it. Yeah. Well, he's a Buccaneer now. <laughs> he's, Tom Brady. He's, he's, he's deflate he's gate, the Buccaneer. Sucks, yeah. It sucks for him in a couple yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, I think they're really leaning into the, the young Avengers because I think, uh, obviously, you know, Spider-Man's going to be a central you know, a leading f- Avenger for a while in the, in the next, this new phase of, of the MCU. And then you have speed and Wiccan, and then you, you know, you can bring in other, you have, you know, Kate, uh, black Kate widow's Bishop's sister, maybe, Lang. you know, from the black widow movies. So Scott Lang's daughter. Lang. And she's been shown in the trailers, right. right? I mean, we were supposed to have met her by now. I think is that, uh, Sharon Carter, uh, we will Sarah. see in this series, who was the niece of, um, Peggy Carter, who found well, I'm making all show. kinds of mistakes this right. episode, so, right. listeners. So just ignore me and my <laughs> Superman. And, and these are your yeah. favorite. This, these are your um, comics, Mike. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Joe, you mentioned the, the stop and frisk scene. I thought that was very interesting too. Um, perhaps a little on the nose, like if there's one way to communicate, like, you know, racism in America, it would be like, you know, having him get stopped by, by a policeman like that. But it, that does happen in real life and him being a celebrity, um, they don't recognize him, but then as soon as they recognize him, like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to bother you. And that does happen. Like if you're like an NFL player or something like that, that, that actually happens in America. So, um, pretty fucked up but uh yeah. i so think I'm they just, do they do better subtle nods too um you know like there's a couple times where it's like falcon is saying straight to bucky like you didn't get it you don't get it steve didn't get it like you guys will never get it you don't different. understand you'll never understand like you get the same thing with isaiah but like honestly the fact that disney <laughs> is doing any of this i think is good oh no, yeah like, that's what i step in the right direction yeah, I'm kind of amazed by the amount of um, criticalness of, you know, 
our society. You know, we live in a society or whatever, but um, the, <laughs> only in the right. trailers. That Marvel is Put doing with this show. So, um, yeah, I, you know, and obviously it is Disney and it's, you know, par- partly funded by the U.S. DOD. But uh, so how far are they going to go? But I think that's a very interesting thing they're kind of leaning into with these shows. So I'm here yeah. for it. I mean, I think it's important stuff. And I think it's also comes from the comics. When Falcon takes over, he's not getting as much acceptance from the public and stuff. And that's like something that, you know, he's got a reconcile and deal with i also like the themes of you know legacy and how he was so ready to give up the shield of the government that's how it opens which everyone at the end of Endgame was like well where's this gonna go is he just gonna start off and it's like he's gotta grow he, he's and that's what the show is showing his growth so he gives uh, up yeah, the legacy right. but then with the boat he he does not want to sell his family's boat right so it's totally. like he's so attached to the that one thing shield, that's his Mike. shield exactly the point so he's on both sides of it and it, it yeah, I, I think it kind of shows a bit of naivete of him turning down the shield, but then being surprised that they would appoint a new Captain America. It's like, what did you think they're just not going to, you know, use the shield use anymore if you give it back to the that US? They got, you know, come on. <laughs> right. So it's kind of him, you know, he's starting to lose faith in um, institutions, right? So um, very interesting. I want to see where this show about goes. Going rogue. Let's just take the damn shield. It's like, that's the government, dude. Yeah, let's go beat him <laughs> up. We were on the run for two it years. It is amazing how I'm like, yeah. fuck you, John Walker. You're a loser. And then I see him throw the shield oh. and I'm like, you know what? Not bad. <laughs> like, you, you might have it. Totally but, pretty well. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how you balance this and where we go from here. Cause the other thing about the show is, um, we're, we're going into episode three and they are building up Zemo like he is Darth Vader. Like <laughs> totally. We have not seen him yet. He is Hannibal Lecter in a cell. Like we're still waiting for that reveal. Who knows? Like this could be anything from Mad Bomb to, uh, you know, to a uh, Dark Avengers at this point. Like right. the, the, the plot could really go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we get in the trailer, Zemo's <laughs> yeah. saying, you know, there could be no superheroes and stuff too. So... Right. No more mutants. So yeah. you think you know Zemo's going to be tied in with you know the Flag Power Smashers, broker, maybe. Uh, Power Broker? Interesting. Which the Power Broker yeah, turns I mean, I uh, feel- you know John Walker and Battlestar into pro wrestlers in the comics, um, and then they become right. vigilantes or whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't want them to get powers because the other thing that I like about this show, and it's interesting that there was a warning now post the uh, tragic shooting that just mm-hmm. occurred. But it is just gun violence. Like, Joe, we saw Captain America shoot a handgun in First Avenger, but there's something so different about how John Walker shoots a handgun and how the he, Flag he Smashers like are just... excited about it. He, like, he is into I, yeah. it. And then the Flag Smashers <laughs> well, just get killed by bullets. Like, they're not impervious. Yeah. Right. They probably have some kind of, um, you know, obviously their super serum or whatever isn't as strong as what uh, Steve Rogers had. Uh, but... Yeah, it is interesting when he pulls out the gun because it's such a contrast to Fuck Steve Rogers. Yeah. I'm not throwing Captain that America. shield. <laughs> yeah, it's all bullet. about shield def- defense, right? Protection. Whereas, you know, he's busting out the, the gun. Well, yeah, that's one so. of the things that, like, and everyone who has been Captain America in the comics, like, has a different fighting style, means something different. They all represent America at the time, right? Uh, like, Bucky, when he is Captain America, carries a huge knife. And a yeah. gun and, like, barely uses okay. the shield. It's way more sure. like, oh, Captain America's coming at me like Michael <laughs> Myers. Um, 
Whereas Falcon, like, doesn't use a gun at all. I mean, he uses his pet bird and the shield 99% yeah. of the time. And Rip, uh, Rip uh, the bird in this one, in the second episode, which I guess that's how Walker was hey. tracking him because the government hacked it. He was soldering it in the first oh, episode. Oh, that's interesting. That would make sense. Mike, hold in on. Hack I have government to hit that moment. Because he's working for uh, <laughs> the Air Force. Uh, I have to hit that moment because this is my second why I do okay. not like this show so far. Having just come off Zack Snyder's Justice League, where I put up with so many people being like, yeah, this is what it really is. Fuck all that bland robot normal stuff in the Marvel Universe. And I'm like, no, no, shut up. It's not like that. Oh, wait, they are doing the standard Marvel cinematography and fighting scenes. Well, it's not like they're going to have a million quips. Oh, they've got a million quips in this scene. Well, for this one, it... No, makes no, sense. Let me say the lines. Yeah. How dare you? When he has his is you know body wrapped up, and he says, "Nice to join the party" to Falcon as he comes down, and then Redbird gets hit, and he says, "I always wanted to do that," and then he gets hit by those guys. Shut the fuck up, man! Come on. <laughs> Bucky they wouldn't do want that. It to feel like rush hour, and the problem is like Bucky wouldn't do that. Like Bucky, Bucky would not do that. Yeah. I, He's well, too old again, for this I'm shit. The show, He's getting too are, old for this shit to reference yeah, another buddy. Like, there we go. There, there are moments where it feels like, I don't know, like they're forcing the they hate each other a little too hard. Like, I feel like that should be a little more Staring contest? Come on. Well, yeah. I think the reason the show even exists is because, you know, we saw the relationship in Civil War and they kind of had the back and forth rapport as the two... Um, you know, sidekicks to Captain America, basically. Um, and I just remember the airport fight scene. They had a bunch of quips and stuff, and people like that. So they're like, let's make a whole show about them together. And we kind of, you know, they're the odd couple. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the Marvel quip stuff, when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, oh boy. it doesn't. So, um, you know, things like, you know, Thor Ragnarok, I thought, you know, the humor works really well on that, but it's, it's, it's a little more hit or miss sometimes. And I think with the cinematography, I do think I like it in this show. I think it's, it's similar to the, the Captain America movies, like, uh, uh, you know, winter soldier movie. It kind of has that, 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 um, spy thriller, spy feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. the cold open title with the, you know, the, the and winter soldier just fading over. That's very much like how the Winter Soldier looks when it opens. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. But I do like the standard fight cinematography, some of the quips not landing, some of the writing being a little hit or miss. I, those are valid points. But the Part rest of, me, of the Joe, cinematography is like, I love. Post WandaVision, they should have just said, oh, you know. After seeing how everybody reacted to that show and the strengths of it, ooh, this is weird and wacky. I love it. They should have gone, you know what? We're going to cut Falcon and the Winter Soldier into a movie. It's going to be just like Black Widow. From now on, when we do the weird standard action stuff, that's just for the movies. When we do the weird stuff, that's for the TV shows. That is what I would prefer. Even if they do I, the long release. You know, make it like the Snyder Cut. Make it four hours. I don't give a shit, but I, I just think it's not working right as a show for me. I just it's think, make me I mean... Come back. <laughs> You could cut Snyder Cut into a, a mini-series, and it would be the same thing. So this is a six-part, right. each part is half an hour. So what's really the difference, except the, the way that you're arbitrarily cutting it up, I guess? I just think I WandaVision... I wouldn't want to see every show look like WandaVision and be WandaVision, no, no. though. The same reason, the same way I wouldn't want everyone to look and feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like. Right. I think 
WandaVision coming out first built up unrealistic expectations for these other Marvel shows. So it's like, you know, Mandalorian came out, then we're going to get all these other Star Wars shows. If they're not as good as Mandalorian, then people are going to be like, why, you know, this isn't as good as Mandalorian. It's the same Same thing. thing. So WandaVision being so weird and different kind of hurt the other, just the expectations for the other Marvel shows. But this is much more standard, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's not as unique as WandaVision, but I'm still enjoying it. If we would have gotten at the same time as Black Widow, they both would have tanked. If if Justice League had come out as the com- the competition next to it, people would have said this is insane. The difference, you know, this is this thing feels alive. These two things, goldfish, right. man. Well, it's interesting because you know Black Widow was written by the same person that did Wandavision, right? So maybe I mean we haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's Jack really Taylor. good, but I um, hope so. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was headed for a bomb if if you know the theaters were open and stuff and it made its original release date now coming out on disney plus premium or whatever it might do better but no one really knows this new streaming age you know I think the the comparison is really hard too because WandaVision dropped two episodes opening night and they were in the gimmick. The second the first episode that took us out of the gimmick, I did not think was that strong and I was right. kind of like, "Oof, I don't know if this is going to work at all." Uh so I think like there are TV shows, every episode is going to have an ebb and flow and I think uh you know, episode one of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I enjoyed, but it was like, oh, they didn't even get together. We don't know who the villain is. This all kind of feels like preamble. You know, now that we're heading into episode three, we're going to get Zemo. I'm I'm willing to take the ride, but I don't want it. Like, I'll be kind of upset if Loki feels just like WandaVision. Like, I don't want any of these shows to feel similar at all. I think that's I just, the beauty of doing them. But yeah. I want surprises. Right. And I really worry that there's not going to be any surprises. No surprises. I think we just have to wait and see. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. And again, it's only six episodes, so we're pretty much almost halfway done. You know, we'll be back in a couple weeks to look at it, you know, holistically. You know, but there is stuff like John Walker meeting the power broker and realizing he wants to be Captain America and turning heel, right? And then maybe coming back if we are leading to West Coast Avengers. I like the idea that he did get sent over there. I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill Wyatt Russell. I want him to survive this show, but I want <laughs> yeah, him to go. I don't think they'll kill him. Right. Yeah, but I, I'm interested to see what they do with him. And then the power broker. I don't know anything about that. You know, that's a obviously a name from the comics. Um, it's a great name. So they're yeah, they're sending people he to sucks. kill the flag smashers at that, and and it's the power broker that's sending people. I don't understand what's going it on. It seems there. like the flag smashers stole from either the power broker. Or U.S. agent, or you know, maybe right, that's why like, that was supposed to be my serum, and you guys took it. You're fucked. Or the power broker's mad that they stole powers, you know, and so it's all kind okay. of coming in a triangle of interests here, right? And then Zemo, I think it's interesting that they're bringing him in. I feel like his his art kind of wrapped up really well in Civil War, where like his whole reasoning for doing what he was doing was kind of like he kind of got over it at the end. So I don't know why he would be like doing doing bad stuff again but who knows um, i don't know it seems very much like a chance to rewrite the character how he was in the comics versus how they did him as a one-off villain in civil war which right. right 
I would say that, Joe, is that the strength of these shows? The fact that we have had even heroes, let alone villains, a population of background people who are like, that's Wanda Maximoff. And as a fan, I'm like, that's the Scarlet Witch? And they're like, no, that's Wanda Maximoff. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. Then I get a show where she's the Scarlet Witch. We said before, Falcon is looking so much more like the Falcon now. Is it worth having these things just for the chance of, maybe I will get comic accurate Zemo. That would be cool, right? I mean, I think so. And also, like, there there are quotes from Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan floating around where they're like, yeah, this our show connects to like eight other things down the no line. No way! So, yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, man. Like so, I, I, I I'm not gonna be shocked if some wild people show up before this is done. Like I'm not gonna be shocked if we see a setup for Armor Wars down the line. Like, sure. I I'm not gonna be surprised by that kind of stuff showing up. And like I want the one thing I'll be mad about is if they do another like bamboozle like they did with. Uh, you know, Evan Peters, the, the like, don't see any more of these, like, fake outs. Right. You don't want to see the boner? And Colin, the no thing is, boners. the <laughs> Marvel has built up so much goodwill over the years with all right. their movies. Pretty much, on average, their movies are, you know, turn out really well. Even the worst ones are, like, like near a billion not, dollars at a right. minimum. Yeah. yeah. So they pretty We're much failure. have, they have almost no misses when it comes to their track record. So over time, they've gotten more and more comfortable being like going full comic book and just, you know, throwing everything in there. Whereas I'm in the beginning, they're star. like, oh, we're not going to call her Scarlet Witch, all this stuff. Now there's like, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We never lose. So why not? So I think that's why it's getting more and more comic yeah. booky as it goes on. Yeah. And when has that it. ever gone wrong? I'm actually here for it too because of the weirdness like you know we're we're getting Elijah we're getting you know US agent eventually we're getting um, like I said Zemo's coming back that's stuff that I would normally not care about but they set the table and now I'm interested I mean like you know um, Taskmaster is supposed to be in Black Widow right and there's a storyline with John Walker where Taskmaster teaches him how to use the shield because he can watch footage of Captain America and learn it and then teaches that to John Walker like that's cool. So cool. I don't know if that has to do with Black Widow or you know if that's a thing, but I mean it might. We have we have no idea. So the mystery is I, yeah I why I'm the, here. The mystery, the interconnectivity of it all is great, but I don't know. I I really like both of these characters, both in the MCU and in the comics. You know, like I'm a I'm a Batman kid on the DC side of things. Like Bucky and Sam are the Robins and Nightwings of the Captain America universe. So I love to see them. I, I do love these characters. So I'm I'm here to take that ride. It's funny when I watch it, like Cassie's like, oh, that's your boy show. Like that is, <laughs> that's your boy show. That's not, she doesn't care at all about it. Sure. And I think that's totally fine. Like every one of these shows I think can hit a different audience. And this one is very much like, you like spy thrillers, you like Captain America, you want to see the MCU on the ground move forward, this is the show for you. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And even when they go into the, uh, you know, they're talking about the big three. It's one of the big three and all this. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's funny. If I didn't see that in a trailer like 15 sure. times before I saw it, I would have thought it was funnier. But um yeah, I, Which, I by think the way, the I, think, stuff, man. I think the Hobbit didn't get wide 
uh, distribution until like 1938. So <laughs> How he would have been Mike. really a oh, fan of checkers. fantasy to track that book down in 1937. So Bucky's a huge nerd. I'm just saying. Lord of the Rings didn't come out till the 50s, Mike. I'm, I'm yeah. mad he never got to read those. That's terrible. <laughs> he slept through them. He, he, he woke got up to for see the movies, movies when he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine him as the Winter Soldier, like sitting in a movie theater in <laughs> yes, 2005. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> so extended editions. Yeah. Here's what I'm wondering, right? So you said, where's Steve Rogers, right? We know yes. he's an old man now. He's still alive, but he's an old man. Most of the world thinks he's dead or think doesn't know he's an old man. Do mm-hmm. you think we're going to get like a, a Chris Evans cameo at some point in the show Great where they question. go visit him or something like that? I hope so. I mean, like, I want to know where he is. Like, if he's dead, I'm going to, one, I'm going to be pissed that you didn't open with that because that's the place to open. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, th- I think we need it. I think we need to at least know where he is at, even if it's a cameo from behind where he's like, you did good at the end of the <laughs> hey, adventure. That is Joe, like I would say knowing the formula, he just puts on the Captain America outfit, Sam, he pulls the shield up from behind. We hear never looked better. Pan around, <laughs> old Chris Evans. Say, Come around. Chris Evans. Sometimes not everything goes according to plan. <laughs> and I yeah. teaches them a life lesson, and that's the conversation. Yeah. I hope the series ends with Bucky saying, Steve, put me on that time pad too. I also deserve to live in the right time period. This is a hellscape <laughs> for me. Please yeah. send me back to where I'm comfortable. What? Goodbye, Bucky. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoy 2025. Yeah, but he's in the bar. Bucky should be the one on the moon hanging out. That's a a nod that they, in the comics, that is eventually Bucky for a long time just like goes up to the watcher on the wall. Yeah, Yeah. hangs out with Luther from uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, (laughs) basically, (laughs) yeah. The moon bros. Oh, man. It's just when he's uh, at the bar and the lady's like, how old are you? He's like 106. You know, <laughs> she thinks it's a joke. It's like, oh, man, yeah. you, you poor old I guy. I love that. Those are great lines. The Hobbit line. Any other stuff before we get to final thoughts you want to point out? The Joaquin Torres, who's Sam's military, you know, contact. Whoever, I think that's one of the worst characters Marvel's ever put out. Falcon, <laughs> watch out. What are we going to do? It's like, yeah. oh, just act like you're in a, right. not in the Goonies. <laughs> Uh, well, no, he's he's a little fanboy. Uh, that character goes on to become Falcon's sidekick, the Very new Falcon. Cool. So we'll oh, see great. if they do that. Yeah, and when he was to, he was the one who gets to introduce the Flag Smashers and right. get explain their ideology good. in two seconds. Oh, they like uh, they want the world go, to go back to the way it was during the blip. They're they want to abolish all borders. Um, but they're bad. Here's though. the thing you gotta understand about the flag smashers. They hate <laughs> yeah. borders. Oh, the bookstore? Uh, they hate yeah. flags, too. Borders <laughs> thrived during the blip because the CEO of Barnes and Nobles. But uh, DVDs was gone, and so. books were back in fashion. Right. Like their whole idea is like to media play. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want they the the same people can't be in power that were before the blip. That's their whole idea behind it. I don't know. It just seems like they're building. Maybe it's my own personal bias, but they're building. Obviously, making those characters more of anti heroes than villains. Occupy Wall Street. The fact that Disney is walking those lines, uh, totally, I think, is really interesting. Like, I think this show honestly has more potential to surprise us now that we're through WandaVision. Because WandaVision, like, I mean, everything that we thought was going to be big ended up either going away by the end of the show or being a fake out, a boner fake out. Real boner <laughs> moment. Uh, this, really like, boned us. things that happen could stick. You know what I mean? Like, this right. is really, 
the stakes are what they are. This is not in a in a bubble. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, again, looking forward to seeing where it's going. I guess if there's anything else about this, talking about flag smashers and things, it's about the nature of power. Where does power come from? Who has it? Who doesn't, right? Do you have power just because you're called Captain America? Do you give up power, right? What is power in society as far as racial profiling? And, you know, like where where is power derived? And how do you take you're it? You're a superhero, how do you get but it? you can't get alone. Exactly. So, so those themes, I think, are also very interesting. I like the punch, but I, much like the Karate Kid Cobra Kai show, what I like least about this show is the action, and what I like most is uh, the characters and the themes. So. Agreed. Yeah. Right, right, there right. So we'll see what I love happens. them sad boy Bucky moments. I love yeah, sad boy man. Bucky, yeah. man. <laughs> He's All a right. sad boy. Well, that's it. Should we... Um, Got my metal arm, rip off my sleeve here, jump out the airplane and get some <laughs> final thoughts when we hit the ground on the Mormons. I gotta hit group therapy. I'm just saying, can I join the Flag Smashers? Are they taking applications? <laughs> You're really into the Flag... See, here's the thing. I'm I, pro I get smashing it. flags. I'm pro, like... I, I'm not very, let's say, nationalist. That, you know, I, I like the idea of Star Jingoist. Trek, you know, one world. But the, the transition phase between having a lot of governments to getting one government means there's going to be a long period of time where there's a lot of suffering for the average populace. And that I don't want to be a part of. If Maybe. I could just jump to when we have <laughs> one world, one love, yeah, give me that. I don't want to be in the transition. I'm just pro-abolishing all borders and... Uh, you know, one one world, one people. That's all. Right. <laughs> one love. Just put it on a t-shirt, man. You got to get on the message boards that uh, Jimmy That's Olsen right. was tracking so hard. That's right. Oh, man. Well, we'll see what the flags are. I think they are kind of put in a, in a gray zone, obviously. The, the regular citizens are offering them help, Agreed. you know. And yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see uh, where they it goes. They feel very much like a MacGuffin to me, but I'm here for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the real threat is going to probably come from within. Yeah. Who knows? The Any calls f- coming from inside the house. <laughs> there you go. The nice, real nice threat stuff. is imperialism. Dang. And that's why we got to switch to metric ASAP. So <laughs> final <laughs> thoughts, Fa- uh, captain soldier and the winter Falcon. Uh, that's right. To make that joke. Um, let me bring up a couple things that I'm hoping I see that I just learned from researching. I don't know why I'm so fascinated by U.S. agent John Walker. It might just be Wyatt Russell, because I love Kurt Russell. But uh, John Walker, Johnny Walker, whiskey. At a certain point in time, he gets a new identity where he becomes Jack Daniels. Is this true? And if so, <laughs> oh, I hate can it, it happen? <laughs> what? Oh, wow. I didn't, until you just said that, I did not put John Walker together either. Wow, that's great. Johnny Walker Johnny and Walker. Jack Daniels become his other alias. So and Jim Beam. That's his third one, yeah. <laughs> look up Mike and Normies. Look up a character Nuke, right, Joe? Nuke is a character where it's yes. like the balance of patriotism that they have to do. He's a, he's a maniac with an American flag on his face. He was in a couple seasons of Jessica Jones, but they're going to throw oh, all yeah. that out. It doesn't matter. They got to throw um, that out, yeah. It, he, he is, to me, where they could blow it with U.S. agent if they lean too far to nuke, right, Joe? But if mm-hmm. they can just ride that line, baby. Yeah, you, you, U.S. agent has to be a character of controversy. Really, this whole show, to succeed, has to push some people's buttons. 
Yeah. It's got to like really make some right wing folks mad and it's really got to annoy some left wing folks at the same time. Like it has to walk a line um, that I don't I, I'd be shocked if Disney I'm shocked that they're even trying to do it now. So we'll see. But I'm not looking forward to a bunch of people being like John Walker was better than Captain than Steve yeah, Rogers. Shut up. No. It's gonna happen. I'm telling you. I like especially if he does right. like one bad guy thing. People are gonna be like, "Well, yeah." Well, it's interesting. I think um, some of the things that they could do have already kind of been done pretty well by the show The Boys, right? With totally uh, make him a Homelander. Homelander, yeah, they mm-hmm. kind of already do like the critique of um, nationalism with him. So that's interesting to see where they what they do with that. Yeah, I'm just I'm most intrigued by that character and Sad Boy Bucky, and uh, <laughs> I, I want to see it go both ways. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here for the next four episodes. That's pretty much all I got. Yeah, I think uh, my final thoughts is just um, I'm enjoying it so far, and like you know, I'll probably watch every Marvel property that comes out this year, which <laughs> there's a lot of them. So uh, I'm here for the ride, and I think this is it's it. I'm enjoying it so far, so I don't have too much more to say about it. But it's yeah. not homework to you, Jacob, to keep up with all this stuff yet. No, no, it's not. I mean. WandaVision, I was skeptical at first. I was like, what's this show going to be? Got really into it as it went on. This show, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to watch it anyways. Not expecting really anything. And so far, it's been better than I expected. I'll say that. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you go last so we can end on some positivity. Yeah, tell us why it's bad, <laughs> okay. so I think I'm hitting the wall. I, I think the fact that I, I sit down, I watch my Superman and Lois. I binged Invincible this weekend. Didn't like it. Um, the Snyder cut where I was like, this is fucking whatever it is, but at least it was kind of getting me there a little bit. And every time I tune into Captain America and the winter bird, I just go, boy, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it might be the fatigue setting in. It might be time finally. But how can it be? How can you have Marvel fatigue when they took basically a year off, uh, during the pandemic where we got, basically we had Spider-Man far from home and then didn't have a project for a year until WandaVision, right? Sounds like it's more just superhero fatigue. It might be, but post the Zack Snyder stuff, Joe, it it might truly be that I'm seeing the strings now. That I look at the Marvel where I go, Jesus Christ, they are doing it, you fools! Just don't do what they say you do for one episode, and I'll feel better about defending you. Zach and got his tendrils in your, your Snyder <laughs> yeah, boys. Don't, I you. never thought I'd say it before. Here we are. Restore the Falcon verse. With the DC, with Justice League, Zack Snyder, basically, he, his whole, he's all about superheroes are gods. He doesn't give a shit about yes. normal people. Mm-mm. It's all about they're, they're gods among men. That's his entire thesis, right? Marvel, they're all about, no, these are real people having real life problems, basically. Yes. So we see you know, Bucky and Falcon having their real life problems in the show. So it's just different. If you want to see literal gods, watch the justice cut. Um, if you want to see, you know, human empathy and stuff, watch the, the, you know, Marvel. That is so true, Jacob. And I also love that it sets up a realistic world where if you're Captain America, you can just get your friend a job and he can just say, my name is Battlestar. That gives me hope yes. that if they turn yeah. Joe into Captain America, he'll be like, you also got to hire Colin. And he goes by, <laughs> you know, butthole now. <laughs> I'd be like, that's right. You call him that, you put us up in a penthouse. That's how this goes, Yeah, right? we're fighting fucking crime. I'm a super soldier right. and that's my friend. <laughs> Load the plane, no parachutes. Let's fucking go. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. 
That's what I'll say. It's not like I'm um, not going to watch it all. I, I just, I don't know. It's just a cool joke of it. Like, you can say whatever you want. You're still going to do it. Exactly. Me. But I just so fear that out loud, every time I'm like, oh, they said Sharon Carter's name in that last episode about how, you know, the stakes were harder for her. I bet in the next episode, Sharon shows up. Oh, you know, Zemo's going to get out and he's going to do something. Oh, there goes Zemo. He got out and he's going to do something. If it can if it can do one rug pull to me, not that it has to. I don't think that media has to be good to be surprising in that sort of way. I just want some excitement out of this or, or to see something different. If it did the race card at the end, like if John Walker said the lines, I couldn't be racist. I have a Latinx wife. I would be like, oh, shit, never mind. This is my favorite show ever made. Like, this is crazy. Who, who knows? We could get there. Well, Colin, I think when you look ahead on the Marvel schedule, I understand the fatigue. Even, you know, looking at some of these projects like The Eternals, Shang-Chi, all these. There's going to be like five different Marvel movies, not counting Loki and this show. Right. Um, coming out, you know, by, by, next, by this time next year, there'll be... Literally like five movies, I think, that'll have come out since then. So that's insane to think about. And you still have Black Widow. You have Doctor Strange. So I can understand the fatigue of, even, you know, not it, being totally into all of these projects. Even if we got out of the paired stuff, the fact that it's Wanda Vision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, that it's just a Loki show. That I look at and I go, okay, you know, that, that just might be wild. That just might be a wild Loki thing. The fact that they try to the get Loki us, I, but Jacob, are you into when they go, <laughs> oh, you know, this guy in 1932 voiced Spider-Man in a Spider-Man cartoon. He's in the Spider-Verse movie that we're putting together. You know, we've got, you, we've got 18 right. different yes. Spider-Men. Yes, Fuck I you. Am. We got all the spiders you could want. That, does that get you going? More mm. than, I mean, I want to see a Spider-Man movie more than I want to see a Loki TV right, show. Right, for right, sure. right, right. But Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see what the, you know, No Way Home, that'll be interesting. I mean, my levels of excitement for these different Marvel projects differ, but I'll still probably watch down, them all. Because you yeah. kind of have to just to, you know, stay connected to everything that's going on. That's the genius I, of it, It's right? not going to be that way forever. I am the reaper yeah. here to say that. It's not Marvel. <laughs> it's not going to be that way forever, buddy. My argument is also it doesn't have to be. Like Cassie calls Falcon and the Winter Soldier my boy show. She doesn't watch mm-hmm. it. She doesn't care for it. Doesn't care about these characters. She loved WandaVision. She'll probably love What If. Loki, we'll see. Like, I don't think you have to love everything Marvel makes to consider yourself a Marvel fan. And let's not kid ourselves. Like, they're gonna give you the cliff notes whenever these characters show up again. Of course. It's not Zack Snyder where we're gonna open with the close of the last movie. It's not gonna happen. Like, there will be a, oh, John Walker, the new Captain America, and like a little nod and point. And that's Hold enough. On. You don't need and to when watch John the Walker show. dies, he's not going to wake up the mother boxes, Joe. Is that what you're saying to me right now? <laughs> no, I don't. The, I don't think the so. The John Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Big crossover event. <laughs> All yeah. right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my final thoughts and then Please. So we can get out of here. Um, Colin, you brought up Nuke. There's a great line in a Captain America comic where he's talking to Nuke after he's kind of dis, dis, uh, disarmed him and he's, gonna, he's got him laying on the ground and he says, um, uh, patriotism taken too far as nationalism. I feel like that is kind of the thesis of this show in a way. Hmm. Uh, I feel like Captain America, like I said before, is um, best when he is a critique of America. To me, Captain America stories are Bruce, Captain America stories are Bruce Springsteen songs. 
They are <laughs> criticisms of America. They are folk tales uh, played loud by Republicans who don't really get the message. Sure. Um, I think this show has <laughs> totally a really totally. great opportunity to hold a mirror up to some stuff uh, and also highlight some characters that don't get their day in the sun in the comics. They really don't. They've been sidekicks. Uh, the fact that we're getting a show with Falcon as the lead is pretty incredible, and I think that's worth celebrating. And uh, I'm here for it. Wild, awesome, awesome. That's Wild. it, Joe. It, if even if it is the typical Marvel formula, that's only ever been for a person of color to Black Panther. You are right. There is something about just tell the story. You know, uh, let the story exist. I love that about it. You're totally right, dude. Yeah, let's go. Let's get some commentary in our superheroes. And Zack Snyder did it first. Zack Snyder invented superheroes. That's right. Sure. Yeah. He did. Exaggerations he did. Of, of themes, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, Falcon Winter Soldier. And uh, more superhero stuff to come. My favorite superhero from my childhood is going to be up next week. That's um, Godzilla. That's right. Uh, King Kong, a, big monkey. A great rogue <laughs> gallery. Monkey team, big monkey, big monkey team, 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 big monkey. Yeah, monkey, yeah. monkey. Yeah. Team, big monkey. Return to monkey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team. They're going to team up anyway. So, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but meanwhile, we have Falcon and the uh, Winter Soldier, which it's not the Winter Soldier in this. It's just Bucky. He's That's left right. that White life wolf. behind. Yeah, White Wolf. So, um, yes. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to tune in next time to the show, and we'll uh, catch you on the next Normies Like Us. And Colin, please plug those socials. Hit us up at Normies underscore like underscore us. Follow our YouTube page. We're doing stuff there too. Like, subscribe, review. That helps us out. We swear to God. Leave us comments or message us and say, yeah, you're talking about this, but I really wanted you to talk about that. I, you know, I loved your Aladdin episode. Why didn't you bring up the fact that Star Spangled Man with a Plan, the song that Captain America sings to, is also Alan Menken, the person that did the Aladdin music? I don't know, random YouTube guy. Oh, Fucking leave what? us alone, you <laughs> piece just of shit. brought it up. Yeah, yes, so there the you end, go. There it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hit us up, as always. And as always, we've been your hosts. This is Baron Colin. The Pod Smasher. Uh, sad Boy Bucky Joe. This is uh, the Winter Jacob. My uh, superpower is that I have seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See you no. later, Norris. <laughs> He's using his power right now. Bye. Uh, bye. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.